How would you feel if your lover said that he wanted to murder your father? Ugh, I'm in my feelings. Next on the Scandal Fan Podcast. The Scandal Fan Podcast starts now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Scandal Fan Podcast. I am your hostess, Jaha Knight, author and branding coach. And today we are talking about The Last Supper. Yes, The Last Supper. It was a great episode. It had the scandal pacing. It had the surprising turns and twists. It was absolutely wonderful. And we were here for all of it. We really were here for all of it. In Scandal Podcast After Dark, when Langston joined us, because he joined us at the end of the, this episode, but when he joined us and he was saying something, it just reminded me, I was like, oh my gosh, she denied him three times, just like Christ and just like Judas. So in this episode of The Last Supper, it was kind of like that with Olivia and Rowan with their relationship. And I thought that was amazing and how she plotted against him with her, you know, lovers. I was very upset with Olivia this episode. I don't think I'm going to get over it anytime soon. Fellow gladiators do not send me the messages talking crazy because honestly, look, I, I don't think I could get over this in one episode. The fact that she denied her, her father. And you can say what you like. Rowan thinks she's his possession. Blah, blah, blah. But unless you have kids, you do not understand. Honestly, Jake is not Olivia's family. Just like we said in Scandal Podcast After Dark, she denied her father three times. She betrayed him. And I just can't forgive her for that right now. Oh, it just can't be done. Anyway, it may happen when the season's co- season comes back from winter break, but I'm with Shane when he says that Olivia is not loyal. She is a bad friend and a worse daughter. Honestly, honestly, when you think about how she left OPA, which I know for her own reason she had to, and I am completely on board with that. I feel her, I get her pain, I understand. But at the end of the day, Abby felt betrayed. She didn't even say goodbye to Harrison. She just was out. So these people who've been so loyal to her, she's pushed over a cliff. She's done all these other things in the name of the good and the white hat and all that stuff, which the white hat is not really white. It's kind of, you know, what, gray? And the white hat is gray. It's, it's, it may be a little bit of a dove gray, but it's still gray. So I think in the world of Rowan and Olivia, Olivia lives in a, um, maybe a, a, a shades of gray world and Rowan lives in a black and white world. We talked about that a little bit on the podcast. Anyway, you'll hear some more of my opinions and how I feel about this episode along with El Diaz and Shane, you know, the guy who we're always shouting out in the um, comments. He joined us for this episode and stood in for Langston for a little while until Langston got on. Well, he stood in to be a gladiator. That's what he did. He he was stepping up to be a gladiator. So we appreciate him for that. So he didn't just stand there for Langston. He was being a gladiator for us and we appreciate him. And then Eldia joined us and it was just on and popping. And in the Scandal podcast After Dark, it was so ridiculous. We stayed in there for an hour talking about the show with Langston because he didn't get to get all his feels out while <laughs> while we were on air. So he, you know, we, we were able to get him through all of the, the emotional turmoil that this this episode left us all in 
There are tons of information on the show notes, exactly how I felt about the show. I'm not going to go into super great detail um, here, but you all know where to go. It's dramaqueenbooks.com. And if you want to join us to support the Patreon campaign so that we are, you know, able to pay for the podcast month after month, that is uh dramaqueenbooks.com backslash support and we have two episodes left not one just you know we have the finale but after finale after the finale we also have a um scandal trivia episode so i drew a blank for a second there we have the scandal trivia episode so thank you all for tuning in to the show here is the episode and all the information and shenanigans don't be mad but i had to mute langston and shane a few times just because they wouldn't let me and aldea get our opinions out while we were talking they they have those man voices so we can't talk over them so we had to you know um mute them out a little bit so there you go thank you all for listening Welcome to the Scandal Fan Podcast. I am one of your hostesses. I'm Jaha Knight. And today I am joined by Shane from D.C. What's going on? The the man you love to hate. Wow. We don't love to hate you, Shane. It's just saying things that cause (laughs) us to give pause to the common sense of it all. So that's why why we tend to go there with you. And you do it on purpose. You do a little it on bit. Purpose. Just a little bit. I think a lot bit. Because <laughs> I saw your comments in Scandalistas the other day. Something about, um, I told y'all, and y'all either something. I can't remember what it said, but I was like, you didn't. No, you didn't. You were all team Olivia's a hoe. That's what you was on. You was no. On. <laughs> no, not team Olivia's a hoe. What team I don't was know. it? I really don't think that. Okay, nah. so what team was it? I think the one you were talking about was the one where um, I was talking about if uh, Huck is Hispanic and Kim is white, then how do they have a black child? How did that have anything to do with Olivia? I'm talking about when you be like, Olivia ain't got no gut. Her gut rotten. Like you oh, just... yeah, her gut is rotten. <laughs> you want team hate on Olivia. That's what you want. You want team hate on Olivia. I am am not on Olivia um, fan, although I'm getting there. You're getting, oh, because she's coming back now. Now, you team wishy-washy. That's the team you on. You on team wishy-washy. I'll I'll own that. I'll own that. You own it? Okay, good. I'm glad you own that. So we have um, a couple things going on this episode. Um, And The Last Supper. The Last Supper. I knew that this episode was going to be great when I heard the title, The Last Supper. So, um, shots fired. Jake told Fitz to call him Captain Ballard. We were worried about Abby and Olivia's relationship, but what about Jake's and Fitz's relationship? Are we not concerned about that? Do we give no dams about their their relationship? I I'll have to be honest. Um, the whole Jake Fitz dynamic uh, is suspect. I, I'm I am not a believer that Jake is who he uh, says he is. What do you mean by that? Well, in uh, season two, you know, they started out with good Jake or bad Jake. And we assumed over time that he's really good Jake. 
I'm just not buying it. We I'm assumed not. over time that he was he's good, Jake. What do you mean by he's good, Jake? Well, there was a tagline in season two. Mm -hmm. You may remember. Hashtag, what was it? It was hashtag good Jake or bad Jake. Really? It was season two. When, or actually, yeah, it was. It was the second part of season two when uh, Jake was introduced after Olivia and Fitz had another breakup. And uh, this was after he killed Verna. And so Jake was introduced, you know, in the coffee shop, and the whole thing was about, is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? Okay, so I don't recall there being anything, hashtag um, good guy, bad guy. But, you know, I don't usually state in the Twitterverse like that because I'm always trying to get things done. So I can't say I can't say about the hashtag. I'm not aware of it. Now, see, Shane, I done told you about that vibing. But put that thing on your lap or something. Can you see me good? <laughs> I can see you fine, but the and problem you can hear is you're, you're causing issues with audio. You need to hang up your phone. And I tried to text you that on the chat, but you don't be listening. <laughs> All right. So um, we talked about that. I have a uh, comment already from Gladiator in Harlem. She says, happy Friday, everybody. Let's get this thing started. Papa Pope is the king. Hashtag that is all. Man, please, Jake. <laughs> Jake living fits in that bunker was deep. At one point, Liv looked like she was ready to shut them both down and just step off. Just way too much testosterone in the air. What do you think about that? Uh-oh, I can't hear you at all. So I do agree. There was way too much testosterone in the air. He wasn't, um, the two of them were like fighting like dogs over a bone. And that was not cute. I didn't like that. What about you, Shane? Can you hear me now? I can hear you fine. Okay, beautiful. Taking off these. Um, okay, now what was the question? She was asking, um, she said something about, um, at one point, Liv looked like she was ready to shut them both down and just step off. Just way too much testosterone in the air, in the bunker. So how do you feel about that? I think that, um, I think that she's spot on. I think that uh, Olivia genuinely was trying to focus on the, the problem at hand, which was, you know, essentially bringing her father down. And what she saw was Fitz and uh, Jake you know, essentially trying to assert their, I don't know, position in her life. And she wasn't trying to be, she wasn't trying to go there. I mean, I, I genuinely think that in this situation, she's wanting to, um, you know, really do justice by eliminating the evil that she perceived her father to be. And she needed the, both of them to concentrate on that. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that it was a lot of... T t Testosterone, if, if you want to call it that, but I think more more importantly, um, Olivia really wanted them to focus not on her, but on you know sort of this the reason why they were all there together. Sweet Trees Forever says yes, there was that hashtag Good Jig Bad Jig Happy Friday, and um, Coffee Light and Sweet has a question. She's like, 
she needs a male perspective. So I, I'm assuming she wants me to not comment. So she said, <laughs> when Fitz and Jake shook hands and Fitz said, no hard feelings, what did that really mean from a man's point of view? Truce. That's all it meant. They, they were going to call a truce to get this, uh, you know, to come together and take care of, of her father. But there are hard feelings. I mean, um, Fitz is clearly, you know, jealous of the relationship that that uh, Jake has with, with Olivia. Um, and I think that, that Jake is genuinely uh, jealous of the fact that in his mind, He's always second. Mm. You know, he mentioned tonight, or tonight, uh, Thursday night, that uh, he referenced her as his girlfriend. He's never done that before. And I don't think he believes them to be a couple, but it was a way to kind of pull on uh, Fitz's chain, if you will. Yeah. So in that moment, Nah, they, they didn't mean, they didn't genuinely mean no hard feelings. What they mean is, for this moment in time, we're going to call it a truce. For the moment. So they, they aren't really having a real truce. It's a play-play truce. If you're listening to the Scandal Podcast live right now, you can chat back with us at Scandal Podcast on Twitter, or because we have a Twitter chat going, so questions are rolling out. Or you can sit here and I think there's a place on the screen where you can click and actually, um, for the Q&A app, answer any questions um, or ask any questions that you have. Chime in on the discussion. Uh, Gladiator in Harlem says, Andrew and Lizzie Bear, has Andrew turned to the dark side or is he on an unknown mission? You skipping ahead, Gladiator. Way ahead. <laughs> skipping way ahead. I got to stop answering them questions. All right, so... Um, since Rowan is on the onto the three of them, and Jake's prophecy came true from the beginning of the episode, do you think the rest of the prophecy will too? He said, "If Rowan knows we're onto him, he'll kill me, and then he'll kill Fitz." What do you think about that? You really don't want to hear my theory on that. Yes, I do. That's why I, I asked. Okay, I again. I just there is something about this whole scenario, and Langston and I have been talking offline. I know that he's planning on jumping on in a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and Langston and Eldia will be here, y'all. So they're coming. <laughs> yeah, they're they're coming. But I I think that um, I don't. I think that there is something more to this whole. Um, and I know we're going to get to this a little better, a little, a uh, little later. But I think that there's something to the fact that Rowan knows everything that's going on, and mm. how does he know this information? That was my question. That was my big question. Like, how did Rowan find out that they were actually planning this ahead of time? How did he know? Who gave and, him that? And Jaha, there's something really important. He doesn't just know that they're planning things. He, he knows, knows all of it. about conversations and references that he's not a part of. That whole in the sun thing, uh, you want to go and be in the sun. And he actually said the white light or the white sun. He referenced that to Olivia. <laughs> um, but my thing is, how does he know about those phrases? So there is, a, there is another element in here that personally I think is um, 
I think it has something to do with that dynamic. Fitz and Jake and Rowan. And there's something about that relationship that isn't as it appears. That's my theory. And it's been shot down all over Twitterverse and in Scandalistas. And sc- <laughs> they but, shut you down. They shut me down. But you, you, he, what, he has her apartment bug? Really? That's it? The fo- it might be her phone. It may be the phone. But, you see- but the, the phone wouldn't work because they're reference, he's referencing standing in the sun. These are intimate references that Jake has with Olivia. So and you think they've been, Jake is and actually the snitch? Pardon? You think Jake is actually the snitch? I, I, think that, I think that the relationship between Jake and Rowan is not as it appears. Ooh. Langston is going to shoot me down in Twitterverse and uh, fellow podcasters. Please just jump in. I can take it. <laughs> if you have a different theory, let us know. But but I, I there is something about the fact that Papa Pope knows he doesn't just have an idea that Olivia cares about Jake and and uh, Fitz. He knows exactly those phrases that she uses with each of them independently that she's not telling him. And the question is, how does he know that? How? Mm. That is a very, very, very good question. So uh, if you all have any ideas, um, definitely tweet us back. So uh, Spectacles and Script says, wait, are y'all podcasting right now? Yes, we are. (laughs) Anyway, that relationship is fraught with all kinds of passionanigans that has... Um, not a, dent, a darn thing to do with Olivia Pope. She just happens to be the latest bone that they're contending over. She's talking about Jake and um, Fitz. And then um, Sweet Treats Forever says, Rowan, oh, Rowan has eyes everywhere. That's how he found out that Olivia went to Supermax. Well, that's turning out to be the case. And then she also says, Fitz wanted to call the truth. He wanted to get the business. I'm assuming that's the answer. Um, Coffee Light and Sweets question. Coffee Light and Sweet says, there's a new unknown snitch. Who do you think tipped off uh, Rowan about Liz's plan? Somebody tipped him off from the inside, but who? Well, it does make sense that it's actually Jake. And you know what? If you put Jake, you know how everybody puts the names together, like Olitz, Olake. If you put Jake and Fitz together, you get fake. That's the only way it works. Ooh. Mm. That's actually pretty. That's actually pretty cool, but just watching it today, I, I kind of have another theory. And what is that? It's it's the secondary theory, and it only relates to the. Uh, and if we don't want to go there just yet, just let me know, Jaha. Well, but it relates me. to how those documents ended up blank all of a sudden. That was a oh my oh look. Let me tell you. Okay, so here's what I think. Ever the, the unknown third party is David. Yes, so? I said it's Twitterverse. Yes, I, I said think David it's is Twitter. too scary to do something like that. He is way too scary to do something like don't that. Don't count David Rosen out. Remember, David doesn't have any balls. That's being what? pretty. Sh- Look, last episode, Jake David was so shown up by old boy that just rolled into town and on a white horse so he could get some Abby thighs. He was all over that. Like he was like, "Look, David ain't never took care of you. You never felt safe." 
I'm going to make you feel safe. So David has no balls. And I don't want to hear about David because he done made me mad two episodes in a row with his foolishness. Okay. He was drunk Melly last episode. Then this episode, you know, I'm like, come on, man. And okay. you back uh, to ineffectual, ineffectual David this episode. Okay. Let me just, I will, let me put this out there. You don't and have I'll the balls go. enough. You I'm going to drop it. Okay. Okay, go Remember ahead. Remember in episode one, in episode one of this season, um, Abby told David he needed to go and get some power, right? He got the power. Yeah. Right. I got the power. So, yeah, so he really <laughs> got some power. After he started using his newfound power, i.e. his little B6, B613 files, he started feeling bad about it, right? He started feeling bad he because he started hurting him. Conscience. I always say that. He has a conscience. Now, enters Jake. Jake says to David, I want those files back because you're not doing anything with them. What but is you know what? David I, says, look. "You, if you take them, it will disrupt the Republic. It's too dangerous. But, of course, Jake bullies him, so he gives him the keys. I'm telling you, David wears the white hat. Out of everybody in this in this show, he's the only one that wears the white hat. He knows that giving those files to Jake isn't going to be good for the Republic. So what does he do? He gives Jake fake files. No, because Jake actually went through those files on camera. He went through those files. We saw him going through the files. He had the files and he was going through them after David gave them to him. I recall that part. I'm absent-minded, but not that dang on absent-minded. So, well, but you. I do, but no, I do think that David does have something to do with it, only because when they were fake talking in the bunker with Olivia and Fitz, right. uh, Jake was guiding the conversation so that David would follow. I don't know if that's because there's something there, but he was guiding the conversation. Um, all right, so... You make a very good point. Real quick, you make a very good point about that, which, again, it takes me back to there's something about Jake that isn't what it appears to be. And actually, Papa Polk references it toward the end of the this episode, that when Olivia realizes who those people really are, she will appreciate what he had been doing for her. He actually references that. I think we're going to be visiting that back on the second half of the season. Okay. Well, Shane has predictions over here. I love me a good predictor. Folks don't be liking to predict on this show. Uh. All right. And that's a dig. I'm just playing because I don't want Katrina coming for me. <laughs> she got me shook. No. All right. So I'm going to read some of these tweets. Um, Sweet Treats Forever says, da uh, da 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 da. Shane B. Fitz is not jealous of Jake right now. Fitz is in a place. He knows Liv loves him, no doubt. Uh, Specs and Script says, um, da, 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 blah, blah, blah. that has not a darn thing to do with Olivia Pope. She just happens to be, oh, she said that. Um, here we go. I need, to, I need to get myself together tonight. Tonight I'm a little over, all over the place. Tula Rosebud said, I think Jake may have a bug in his body and he's unaware of it. Remember when Maya had to get Oh, to have her GPS cut out of her. I think she chewed. Did she not chew that out of her? No, she just tried to get her wrist loose. No, um, no, 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 no. Yeah, Maya didn't have a, a bug in her body. But the, I think they all have something in them. If I'm not 
mistaken. I, I don't know. I can't remember if that's the case. Shane B. Rowan is the one who told Liv about the sun. The conversation on a park bench, he advised her to bring everyone into the sun. He did. He said, drag them into the light. You're the, you're supposed to bring people out of the dark and into the light. He did say that. I remember that episode. That's a good point. He did. He did. She he did. Ms. I do think it's odd that he specifically references that so frequently now, since that's Olivia and Jake's little... But I think that's also something he's always been saying to her all along. Like, she is the light. She's also his light. Um, and when we talked about it last episode in Scandal Podcast After Dark, um, Langston said something about she is the sun. She is the sun, literally. So when you look at her being the sun, then it makes sense that they all want to stand in the sun. And even with Tom, him not being able to look directly at her kind of goes to that. We talked about that, I think, in Scandal Podcast yeah. After Dark. And I'm not going to talk about nothing else we talk about in Scandal Podcast After Dark because those are secret files. Those are the um, the orange, the <laughs> black, <laughs> those are coded files, and I can't say anything. So I'm going to go back to the questions that uh, we have out here on Twitter. How would you feel if the man you were sunning yourself with wanted to kill your father? How would you feel if that was the case? Like um, Jake flat out telling Olivia he wanted to murder her father. Like, what? And I'm about to give you sweet thighs, sugar thighs when I get out of here? I don't think so, bruh. And your lip is split. It looks disgusting. Wipe that off. Like, come on, man. Oh, so Coffee Light and Sweet says Maya had a tracking device in her neck. Jake and Huck held her down and took it out after Maya escaped the hole. She's absolutely right. She says, once again, Shane, I have to give it to you. Just like SSA played us, Secret Service agent, I think, played us. Why not David, too, is the perfect setup because everybody underestimates him. And he counts on that fact to move in silence and do major dirt. Boom. All right, I like that. That's a pretty good prediction. That was a good one. And I wanna I wanna address that too. Um there was a good point made about um that that's a good question because Jake said, I want to kill your father, right? Yeah. Remember, fast forward to the dinner. What does he say to Olivia? You were going to let them what? Take me to court? You thought that it was just going to go to court and go to jail? And in essence, he was saying, you were ready to let them kill me. Lynch me. Lynch That's pretty much what it was. And, and it sounded and, like it to me. And the whole point about that whole thing, again, I have to circle back, and I know this is sound like a conspiracy. How does he know that? How does he know that? When you think about what Jake said, which is, I want to kill your father, is that okay with you? And then fast forward to the he's I mean, that's what he said. And then fast forward to the dinner. He said Yes, what am I daddy? You, you were willing to let them kill me. You essentially were gonna let me go and be killed for after I protected you all these years. I'm telling you, there is something about Rowan and Jake in that little relationship. That is not what it appears to so be. You're basically saying that Rowan and Jake, like Jake is not deprogrammed like Huck is. Jake is still programmed. And that's going to be something that's revealed in the second half of the season. So, Ms. This is Lovely. Extremely unpopular position. But well, no, that's your position, not mine. Let's be that's clear. what I'm saying. It's unpopular. <laughs> 
So Miss T. Lovey says that that relationship was frayed the minute Jake had an inkling about Liv and Fitz's relationship uh, being more and still pursued her. Yeah, so the relationship between Jake and, and, um, and, and Fitz. And uh, Sweet Trees Forever says, Grimy Jake out, of, out for blood doesn't care about Olivia's feelings. And Spectacles and Scripps says, Girl, I don't even recall half the shit he had to say. You mean about Rowan killing Jake and then coming after Fitz? Nah. Because I said, uh, question number two, since Rowan is on the, uh, onto the three of them about the prophecy of everything that's going down. She said, all of that will not be coming into fruition. And I think that Providence Key, which is on Sweet Trees Forever, thinks the same. And she says, Jake's been bullying David since he became command. So, yeah, Jake has been bullying him. How do you, um, what were Rowan's transgressions? Why does Jake want him to be dead so bad? What do you think it is? Is it the power? Does he want to be back in command? What is it? Why does um, Papa want Jake dead? No, why does Jake want Papa dead so bad? Like, what did Papa do to Jake to make him want to kill him that bad? Because going in the hole is a, is a normal treatment, is a normal, you know, thing against these 613 agents that don't do right. That's I, just normal. That's what happens. I, 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 uh, whoever that is, <laughs> you have a good point. Why does he want him dead? Why? Because, because he killed uh, the president's son? Well, hell, you killed uh, Cyrus's husband and lived there with him while he died. I mean, why are you so much better than her father that you want him dead? I don't... Good question. Doesn't seem real, does it? <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> she, I said, how would you feel if the man uh, you were sending yourself wanted to kill your father? Sweet Trees Forever said, I'd be like, really? You need to chill and leave, bro. We ain't about that. <laughs> I ain't lying. She said, Rowan is command. He has eyes and ears everywhere. When Liv was asking about B613, he told her to stop. Lucky he had um, a good friend still. I don't know what she's going to say after that. But, yeah, Coffee Lighter Sweet says she agrees with Shane. Papa Pope is getting a lot of help from someone on the inside. It used to be Secret Service agent Tom, but I think that now there is a new and improved snitch. Well, I don't think that – I think that tracking device, whatever that is, can possibly transmit both ways. That's what I think. And that's probably why they tried to get it out of Maya. Um so we're going to be in the after dark pretty soon. I don't know where Langston and LDR are because we only have 30 minutes left on the podcast. But, you know, Scandal Podcast After Dark is coming pretty soon here. So Scandal addresses a lot of gender issues and gender roles. How do they do that with this case with um, Elizabeth North? Gender issues and gender roles. Yes. Well, I mean, I think that um, I think that it was really telling when she met with Olivia and uh, essentially said, for whatever reason, she felt like somebody was um, had hacked into her phone. And you know, Olivia asked a really kind of basic question: "Well, do you have any enemies?" Um, and she obviously asserted, "Well, yeah, everybody." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pretty much, and I think in that in that moment, I have to say um, I kind of respected um, Olivia's approach, and that she said I don't necessarily agree with your methods, um, but almost understanding that as a woman, 
or a female in a, in a male-dominated uh, position that you have to do what you got to do in, in order to get, you know, where you want to be. Um, I mean, from that standpoint, that that's all I, I have to contribute to it. But I'm not a woman, so. Wow. I don't know. I don't know the struggle. So the the gender issues that were addressed with this case was a lot of uh, Elizabeth North saying that she has to do basically what Rowan said to Olivia twice as much to be half as good in the same role. So that was something that she really did say, well, it stood out to me because I feel the same way about being a woman and also being African-American, knowing that you have to do twice as much to be half as good in a lot of people's eyes. So that was a, a gender issue. And then also the idea of, um, well, this is later on, but when Cy was with his his man whore is whatever he called him, but when Sai was with him and he told him to bend over and you got to be quiet and you know he basically made him just be the woman in an instance that they were being intimate in and I was like oh wow that's interesting because it seemed like that wasn't a traditional way that they did that or whatever because the way yeah. they reacted so um, the gender issue, the gender roles and in the reversal of roles like with Ella and knowing that um, what's his name uh, that died, that was shot down in the street, James. James was more of the mother to Ella than Cyrus was. And here you have Cyrus saying, you know, Ella doesn't really recognize me. She thinks I'm a stranger because I'm barely ever there because his role was to be the breadwinner and that was his role. And now he's being the breadwinner, but he also has to be the mother or the, the nurturer uh, in essence. So just asking about the gender roles in that respect. Uh, if if I if I may, you know, when you think about those things, and you think about Shonda and the brilliant uh, mind that she's in, and I know that it trickles down into to the writers, but it's almost as if she's blurring those traditional uh, gender specific roles, such that and it's because um, yeah. they're not, they're not clearly defined in every household. They're, well, they're clearly defined in every household, but they're not a clearly defined. This is a man's job. This is a woman's job, and it's breaking down those barriers that we always perceived what a man is supposed to do and what a woman is supposed to do, and even how sexuality is viewed, and even how you know relationships are viewed. And we and I saw that in Scandalistas, like that was something that somebody was like, "It's just a show." Yes, yeah, a show, but it's helping to shape the culture of society because yeah. we're also heavily entrenched in the show and even with How to Get Away with Murder I haven't watched all of those episodes but I'm assuming she does the same because when I talked to a friend of mine she said that that's what is done on Grey's Anatomy too breaking down all of those stereotypes that don't really need to exist because they're just that, they're stereotypes but the, the thing that's interesting about that as you break down those barriers sometimes, I think that this is the question that really needs to be answered you know, rather it's answered um, rhetorically or not is is kind of left up to the to the universe universe. But if if by gender, for example, that you are um, necessarily um, assumed to take a different a certain type of role or position, i.e., passive, does the means justify the 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 end goal? So in the case of Lizzie, who is essentially saying, you know, yeah, I have a lot of enemies, and no, I'm not a likable person. And uh, even, you know, when we think about um, the, that episode where Fitz referred to Quinn as a bitch, 
And no, it was Abby. It was Abby. Was it Abby? Yeah, referred yeah. to Abby as a bitch. And then Olivia rose up and was like, "Well, wait a minute, why? Because she she spoke to you? Hello, hey, Aldea. Hey. Yeah, now, see, you need to slow down. Keep finishing your sentence. Okay. Even okay, I'm sorry. you yelling and screaming. Like, but the, <laughs> I'm sorry about. It. I'm just so glad to see you. But the idea is, and there, here's the question that I'm I'm kind of putting out there. You know, certainly as an African American man, I can tell you that you know the struggle is real. <laughs> Does the means justify the outcome? But that's now, the whole show. The whole show is that question. Does the means justify the outcome? You were just saying how David always wears the white hat, but at the end of the day, you know, he's done some things that weren't so white, weren't so clean. Everybody is a shade of gray in the episode, in the show, not in this episode, but in the show. So no one's completely white. Everybody's kind of a little bit gray. Just but, depends on the shade of gray that you are. Or I the, would say that the only difference, though, Jaha, is that. Um, David is the only one that that I could say maybe Olivia if you stretch it. He's the only one that seems to have a a, a conscience that makes him kind of want to back off of making those type of decisions and kind of taking the higher role and and really doing what's right. No, as because at some say, point, no, no, that's not true. Because at some point you want to win, and David has shown us that at some point. He wants to win. He doesn't want to just keep taking the high road. He wants justice, and right. justice sometimes is by any means necessary, Malcolm X. But um, so that's pretty much what he's doing <laughs> in a lot of the things that he's doing, you know. And then he regrets it because he does have a conscience, and he feels like, oh my gosh, the ends didn't justify the means because this is what happened as a result of it. But that to me is bitch assness. You just bitched up instead of saying, you know, I'm a stand in this and I'm on it because this is what I need to happen so that my country can be better. And I mean, sometimes that's what you need to do. You need to stand up in it and just say, this is what I need for the country to be better. So back on to the, the comments. Um, Rowan is, no, Tula Rosebud says, Jake ultimately wants command, doesn't he? I think Jake is scared of the mental control Eli has over his soldiers. And then Sweet Treats Forever says, Papa probably treated him really bad and didn't like his methods. Remember, Huck wanted to kill him too. Tula Rosebud goes back to say, I really do think Rowan has chips in everyone that he owns, including Liv. And I do um, agree because the relationship Rowan has with Olivia is a father with the daughter, but it also seems more like an ownership. I don't know if we did cover that before. I think Katrina would probably said that before. But it does seem more like an ownership. He owns her. She belongs to him. Um, stuff like that. And when you have a child, it is very difficult to not own your child. You have to let them be themselves and who they are becoming. But a lot of you is imprinted on that kid. You want them to be better. You want them to be this, that, and the third. So I do get where a lot of people say that this is not a traditional relationship, but it really is because you want the best for your child. And if they betray you in any way, like I remember something happened with my daughter and it felt like a betrayal. I was like, this girl I can't believe you just did that to me. All the stuff I've done for you, I'm your mother, and this is what you just did? Like, really, girl? So when your child does something that is, like, they literally would murder Rowan. There's no, there's no, oh, we're going to take him to justice. That's not going to happen. Just like with Jake, they were initially going to have a trial for Jake, and then they, were, they sent his ass to Rowan. They was like, just murk him. We don't care. You think for one second, if Rowan got in somebody's chair, that all knowing all the secrets of everybody in the world, I mean, all of the secrets that he's going to have a trial. He's just going to have a trial. Somebody going to be what pay to shiv him in the in the cell like they did shank him in the in the cell like they did Jake. 
please, that's nonsense. They would kill Rowan before his before they even said we are. He would be dead. So but the Doc, Doc, you know what? I think that it, that's interesting that you say that. So from from Papa Post's perspective, even though it may not be Olivia's reality, everything that he has done was for her. Yes, because everything it, you do is for your children. And it's almost as if he's if it's almost as if this was a test. A strange test. Ultimately, who are you going to choose? And this was last episode. Mm -hmm. And he warned her. He said, if you choose them, you will lose. You will lose. And it's almost like this episode was the test. Who will you choose? But it also goes to who is power. You know what I'm saying? It also yeah. goes to that idea of who is power. LDA, are you going to talk? <laughs> Oh, I didn't know if I was in here or not. I was like, did I click on the right link? Yeah, it also goes to who is power. Uh, okay. And if you, if you niche that down, I... it could go into who is power in her life, who's powerful in her life, who's, who has the power enough to make her choose right from wrong. And clearly she didn't choose Rowan, even though her father, who you know, has been doing all these things for her in a large instance, yeah. I feel. And if I don't know if, if you have children... Um, Shane, but yep. for me as a parent, everything I do is for my daughter. Everything I do is to leave a legacy for her. So whatever he's doing within the Republic is to leave a legacy for Olivia, is to pave the way so it's easier for her. I don't know how many parents think that, that they feel like, okay, I want to make sure my daughter has it all. I want to make sure my, ha my son has it all. And that the things that I can do to make it easier for him or her, just like on Black-ish, the things I can do to make mm -hmm. it easier to pave the way, I'm going to try to do. So that's, I would see it as that. And he has a very different perception of Olivia than I think we have even as the audience and that even the people in her life have, like Abby and Fitz have of her. He, Rowan is very old school. So like you said, he's like, the things I've done to make it easier for you. And Olivia is very new school in the sense that if all she's ever known is what she knows, she has a hard time seeing his perspective. And I think it's a generation thing because the kids nowadays don't understand the struggle. I mean, even for me, my mom's 50, 52, and she was, a, she was, she grew up in the 60s. She was born in 62. So she was around for all the civil rights movements. And for me, I've only ever read about it. So like, even when the president got elected, for her, it was like this huge thing. She was like, never thought I'd see it in my lifetime. And for me, it was like, really? You really? You never ever? Like, like I understood why it was important, but it wasn't, it, it didn't have the emotional impact on me that it had on people of her generation. Does that make sense? It you know does. what I mean? So, so I think that's where the Rowan and Olivia dynamic is at. It's like she's always gone. She's always been a child of privilege. She's always probably been the only black girl in her class. So, she she kind of looks at him like, what do you mean? Like he has this one perception of her and she has this other perception. And you can always tell when they're in those scenes, she's kind of looking at him like, what are you talking about? You are crazy. <laughs> like you can tell. And he's like, he's not crazy. He's like, this is, it's how he sees the world. They just see it completely differently. Oh, and, the, and the crazy, oh, go ahead, Shane. Well, I was just going to say, I, I actually, um, uh, most of the time in Scandalistas, I'm, I'm joking, but I actually did a topic about that uh, with uh, Papa Pope is a baby boomer. So, you know, he was born, you know, 
six, uh, what, between 46 and 64. His mm -hmm. daughter is a Gen Y. That's two generations. Generation yeah. And so to your point, that's two, two different worlds. But he keeps reiterating to her everything that he does. But she is, to your point, she's complete. She's like, what, what are you talking about? When he <laughs> says to her, I have shined their shoes so that you can see. Yes, 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 and she's yeah. like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> when he said to her, it's you, like, you, it's you it's the day in the white sun. <laughs> because his world is black and white. His world is yes. black and white. There are right. no he has a black and white view of the world where she has a, a view of the world that has shades of gray and it, it doesn't just go down to black and white as far as color is concerned that's a large part of it but I think it's also black and white on white, right or wrong right mm -hmm. or wrong you're going to right and I want you to have the best and I think you are the best because he's put her on a pedestal and no matter how many times he tells her about how she's using herself for these people or whoring herself the men or however he's saying it or whatever negative words he says mm -hmm. to her. Every parent says those words to their kids when their kids ain't doing the things that they want their kids to do. Every parent. Because you gotta shock it out of them. You gotta shock them. Say say stuff that, that gets them to do what is best for them. Not what you want, but what's best for mm -hmm. them. Because they don't know what's coming down the pipe. They don't think that far ahead. And that's what I think in this case with Rowan and Olivia is. he She's not thinking far ahead and he is thinking far ahead and he's like you just don't know what you just did and I think that that is very fundamental because I can't imagine a world without a Rowan in it that's taking care of all of these boogie monsters that are hiding in the dark and stuff that we can't do because we're too good we're too white like right. you know mm -hmm. closer to the lighter shade of, of white than we are the darker shade of black Ooh, so, and, and Jaha in a, in a bigger scope remember when he said you don't know all the things he's been doing to protect her now, fast forward to that first case. Look who at the all the pictures they're taking of her. Yeah. Who, who's taking pictures of her? And she keeps he keeps referring her to, you don't understand who those people are. Yeah. And what he's been protecting her from. And what he's been protecting. But, but like most parents, okay, I've tried to tell you. I've tried to show you. I'm going to let you. Gonna learn. <laughs> you're going to learn today. You're going to learn today. All right, so the whole go between Rowan and Olivia. Now, to me, I thought that was so insane. First of all, she is going to, okay, she pretended to cry. I knew it was an act when I saw it. Me too. She's pretending to cry. <laughs> and he's on the phone like, what do you need me to do, baby? They're pretending to be normal, and there's no normalcy in their relationship whatsoever. So that mm -hmm. first was ridiculous. He showed his hand when he showed up at her apartment without warning and was like, oh, uh, blah, blah, blah. So even if she had no clue that he killed Harrison or killed little Jerry, she knew then because you gave her a clue. I mean, you've never been to her apartment before. She's like, Dad, what are you doing here? Like, why? how do you even know my damn address? I didn't even... <laughs> <laughs> did I did I see <laughs> like what in the hell are you doing here? Well, so all of that like how in the world you know so that first he showed his hand then she showed her hand and now it's at the point of okay now you're basically trying to get me murdered because these people are not going to have a trial for me they're going mm -hmm. to kill me I know way too much just like with Jake Jake knows way too much Jake yeah. should die 
So having him in that bunker is not a safety issue. Nigga, you're going to die. Like, you are going to die. That's just going to happen because how in the world are you going to walk around free with Papa Pope free knowing that you, come on, he ain't going to no dang old island to sit on no sun. Papa Pope ain't doing none of that. He is hiding in a bush but ready to give orders so that they can snipe the hell out of you. Come on, dude, get a grip. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> you get that worked up since I started watching. <laughs> I'd be sitting here looking at these things like, are they serious? But, you know, I have to moderate the panel, so I really don't have time to be getting into my feelings. But um, the phone call between Rowan and Olivia, what were y'all thoughts? Uh, I, I think we all knew she was sending him up. I think we all knew it was going to be the okie doke, like we saw it coming a mile away. I thought it was really well acted, though, I will say that. Gary, I thought it was poorly acted. Well, the scene at the end, like how she kind of turned it and she was like, so I've called, you know, whatever. I thought that was really, but I didn't have any, I felt instantly like when she, when she was on the phone, I was like, oh, this is not going to end well. I was like, why are you, why is she letting <laughs> Vince and Jake talk her in <laughs> to going up against her father? Like that, that's the thing that I really, well, it's like, I get that she's like, you know, he has to pay. Blah, blah. I, I get all that, but it's like, Olivia, This at the end of the day, this is your dad. Exactly. You, exactly. you know what, what line he will and won't cross, and you keep pushing him further and further and closer to that line. And I think that was the point of the end scene is he was like, okay, you've now pushed me over the line. So, you know, this, 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 this he's like, this is what it is. Like, you literally are going to choose them over me. Like, like no ifs, ands, and buts about it. So he pretty much said, you made your choice. You made your decisions. Now I'm going to make mine and do what I got to do. And you be, you be damned. Like, you on your own. And but you know what, Eldia? I don't want to cut you off because I got to say this before I forget because I am too absent-minded. Mm-hmm. But honestly, this is just like when she pushed all her gladiators over a damn cliff. She's always yes. pushing people to yes. do the things that she wants them to do and then expecting the, react, the reaction not to be as severe. Are you mm-hmm. serious, girl? Just like when Huck was like, Bitch, look, is this about work? Like, don't be my personal business. I was not having any of that. He was yeah. like, I don't want to hear what you got to say. I could care less. Is this about work? Don't be trying to get all moral with me when you over here spreading thighs and kissing multiple men on lips. Yeah. I don't yeah. hear none of your yeah. shenanigans, ma'am. Yeah. I don't hear any of them. We'll check. But I, I want to say something about that conversation. The acting, Carrie Washington's, Washington's acting was good. But it was clear that she was acting, Olivia Pope was acting. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. Olivia Pope wouldn't be calling, crying, and, and oh, you're right. You're right, Dad. I've been saying you wrong all along. But all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I'm in tears crying. If she yeah. had taken a more Olivia Pope, Olivia Pope approach, you know what, Dad? I, they're fighting over me. This thing is crazy. I'm going to step out for a while. I don't know what to do. Maybe, just maybe that was would be believable. But all mm-hmm. that crying and carrying and all, oh, man, come on. Nobody. <laughs> no. Nobody crying and all. Um, okay, so Coffee Line and Sweet says she thinks that Jake hates Rowan so much because of Operation Remington. That was the mission that had Jake cover Fitz's butt, butt and Jake took the heat. Jake's entire future was changed after that, and he never forgave Rowan or Fitz. Girl, you are on the money, honey. I absolutely mm-hmm. love that. That is a great thought process. I think you're absolutely right. Question seven, Andrew and Melly, Andrew and Lizzie Bear, did you see it coming? Did you see that coming? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I didn't. And here's the only thing I want to say about that. 
I love <laughs> Millie and Andrew together. Okay, they're perfectly fine. Millie is allowed to get what she get. Fitz get what he get. I ain't got a problem with Millie cheating on Fitz. It ain't about that. What I really wish they had done was gave us more of a build up to it because it kind of came out of nowhere. It's like all of a sudden Andrew's back. Millie and Andrew see each other. Andrew almost dies. Millie's like, so oh my gosh, it came out of nowhere. This dude you. almost got blown no, up in no, the car. What I mean, no, what I mean by that was it would have been nice if they had even given them like one scene when she was like in smelly Melly phase, where like he was right. there and trying to like be supportive, and she was like, no, you, I don't want. Like it, it would have been nice to have a scene like that. That's all I'm saying because it kind of uh, came. Because he even said it. He was like, I haven't existed to you for blah, blah, blah months. And she's like, I know, after Jerry. But it would have been nice just just to, because for people, because Scandal is still getting new fans every week, Jaha. There, there are people, new people still tuning in every week. So I, for them, I think they kind of were like, oh, Millie, where's, where's that coming from? I didn't see the Lizzie Dill angle coming, though, because I was like, so now I'm like, are her and Andrew married? What, like... Are they just sleeping together? I don't know. Now I'm kind of I'm very intrigued by it. I will but if you if you look at it from an editing, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Shane. I was I was just saying it didn't seem organic because yeah. if you if no, you can weird after she's mourning, literally walking around in Uggs in a in a bathrobe and not be around, how then do you just kind of pop back up? Like it that. does make sense for editing purposes. If he didn't exist for her, then that also gives way to the point of why he was never in the picture, why you didn't see him if she didn't exist for her. You see what I'm saying? Yes, so I do. If, if you think about yeah. it from an editing perspective, it makes sense because if, if they're writing it in this way where he didn't exist literally, then he was nowhere to be seen. And so that is because he's really there for Melly. I mean, he's not being the vice president. What is, I mean, come on, get real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's really there for Melly. So if he didn't exist in, in the world of Melly, then she didn't see him, and he's not going to be in any of the scenes, which makes sense as to why he hasn't been seen this season, really. Like, well, well, pretty much this season. After the <laughs> we were Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so that makes a lot of sense from that perspective, if you look at it from a, a, a viewership perspective. Um, as far as the the relationship with them and it being such an abrupt thing, that's that's normal. She just lost somebody. So her son, as as tragically as she did, and then this happening, and it's somebody that she's she was intimate with. That's hard to deal with. So of course she's gonna be like, let me get those, you know, let me give you these sweet thighs. I'm not mm -hmm. gonna get too graphic. <laughs> before after dark part of things. So yeah, of course that that then happened. You act like it was a Tyler Perry film and we was watching a beginning and a middle and no end. Like, I just... No, 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 no. It would have been nice though to see even if there was just an image of him looking at her and wanting to be there for her but not. It just literally went, he's not there and now they, you know, sleeping together. Yeah. Look, when you want them thighs, you want them thighs. You stop the thing because you probably done been in that situation your dang on self. Talk about it. you like, hey, how you doing, girl? Yeah. Yeah. My name is Shane. I'm dog chocolate. Oh, my God. And now, all of a sudden, you got the girl be like, I'll come over right now. And you be like, yeah, baby. So don't act like it's such an abrupt thing. I'm in the, I'm in the, in the, in the storyline. <laughs> 
like my personal life ain't got a dang thing to do this. All right, so uh, what do you think uh, that's going to happen to David now that the B613 files are blank sheets of paper? Okay, here's the thing. We know that at two point three, at some point, three people had access to these files, right? We know Rowan had them at one point, and then we know Jake had them, and then we know Jake gave them to David, and we know David had access because he used them to blackmail earlier in the season, right? So I guess now the question becomes is when did Rowan find out that A, David had him, and B, when did, <laughs> when did he... Probably when he was holding up in his office, color code him if you won't sell with them damn color tabs, you don't order seven million tabs for these dang old files. <laughs> you probably did. Saying, That's probably did. So, what do you think? What do I think is going to happen now that they're like pretty much worth nothing? It. I see. I don't think that it. I. I think people assume it was wrong. I actually think it was Jake. Because he kept using that as his get out of jail free card. He was like, oh, I used to be command. I used to be in B613. Oh, I know this and I know that. And I'm thinking, and then all of a sudden, Fitz is like, you're still not getting out. So it doesn't really much matter. So yeah. shut up. And then all of a sudden, the files are empty. So I don't Aldea. think it was Rowan. I think it was Jake. Aldea, can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> Daha, can somebody please get. Can somebody he please. Said that? That. He did say that. He's very adamant. <laughs> Now those are your your opinions, Eldia and Sheen. I have no such thought process, and I'm not going to co-sign. So y'all just whatever y'all like. Don't tweet me a dang on thing. Y'all know them hashtags, and y'all know them them Twitter handles. Y'all can tweet them directly. All right. So uh, sweet cheats forever <laughs> says um, Rowan is command. He oh she. I'm reading the same stuff over and over again, y'all. I don't know what's going on with me tonight. All right, so um, blah, 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 blah. Let's roll up here. Y'all go ahead and talk amongst yourselves until I figure this out. Well, okay. Um, oh, this is what she said. Sorry. Okay, go ahead, Jaha. Go ahead. You're good. Let me throw it in there. He, she says, um, I don't think David has it in him to be a double crosser. Look how guilty he was when the judge committed suicide. No way. <laughs> Rowan wants to control Liv like he does his agents. Rowan was slight, slighted by love. He doesn't want her to go that way and choose love. And then she also says he was burnt badly by love. That's why he tells her in the end, they won't choose you. Maya didn't choose him. Um, and she says, yes, he's old school when it comes to getting to the top and how you go about doing it. He has instilled it in her. And then um, also she says, he created her, um, he created her, so he's proud of his prized possession and is super overprotective. He doesn't want her to fall in love and lose focus. And then she says, indeed, that fake cry was a dead giveaway. Rowan knows her, and I'm sure he read her for lying, thus making him aware that she was going to help to take help take him out. Andrew's near-death experience maybe woke up Melly's feelings. The one person who listens to her and cares about her actually almost died. She says she was surprised, uh, indeed, about the Lizzie and um, Andrew hookup. She didn't see it coming. Rowan became command again, realized that the files were missing, and made it his duty to recover those files. Looks like he did. But I think that he made copies of those files, and that's how that happened. And Tula Rosebud jumps in and says, but when you start killing up people, <laughs> she must have said something before that. She said, I really do think that Rowan has chips in everyone he owns, maybe even live. But when you start killing up people <laughs> that you love, aren't all bets are off, um, that you love, aren't all bets off has to let Liv live her own life on her own terms. He has to let Liv live her own life on her own terms. And then she says she thinks that the photos are 
everything that's been going on leads back to um, Rowan. And the VP, Andrew, is B613. Whoa. No. I see that one coming. I think the VP, Andrew, is just worried about thighs right now. He's like, I don't really have a real job. I just want to get thighs. I think he's also, I, th I think he's also, just like Jake, very jealous that Fitz has someone uh, and has something that he wants. Uh, the vice president wants Millie and was threatened essentially to stay away from her. Jake, and somebody actually spoke about this earlier, Jake, uh, Jake looks at Fitz having the life that he wanted to have. He's very jealous of Fitz. So that whole Remington thing that really changed sort of the trajectory of both of their careers, I think yeah. that uh, I think that your boy Jake is extremely jealous of Fitz, okay. and that that is more about the relation, the thing about Olivia. I don't think okay. that, that is an authentic relationship on his part. I think it's more about Fitz Hazard. But here's the thing: what life does he want that Fitz has? Jake has never once referenced like, "Oh, this all should have been mine," as if, it's as it's if, i.e., he he was going to be the president. What does he want? Does he want the wife? Does he want the kids? Does he want the power? What, what part of Fitz's life are you saying that he wants? Because I don't really get that. I think he's definitely jealous of him, but I don't think it has anything to do with his life. I don't think he wants. He doesn't want anything Fitz has except for Olivia. That's what. But. You dropped out for a second. Did oh. you repeat that? You Sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I was just saying, I think he is jealous of Fitz, but I don't think it's, he's jealous of Fitz's life. Like, I don't think he wants the wife. I don't think he wants the kids. I don't think that's what he wants. The only thing he wants is Olivia. That's That's what he wants, but he can't have that. So I think that's where you get the whole, that's why you get them trying to, like, puff out their chest. Like, that first scene was about who can stick out their chest the furthest right like excuse me I'm talking to my girl yeah. yeah oh that's our saying because it's like I know you and Fitz have sayings and it's like what's in that's like really what are you like what are you doing and Fitz was like I'm not gonna engage like Fitz tried to be the bigger man and then he just kept going and kept going so then at the end of the day Fitz was like okay I'm gonna show you the control he's like sit down and shut up because you're not leaving now what? Like <laughs> it was like at the end of the day, what what do you have? Like he he can never be fit. No matter should, no matter if Remington happened or not, he was never gonna be fit ever. We can talk about the bravado that Jake demonstrated while you know he just got pulled out of the dungeon. But there was something else, and maybe you guys can help me remember. There was a scene, I believe it was in season two, where or at the end of season two where Jake said to Fitz, essentially, I did something to protect you or cover you, and that you essentially now have this life that I didn't have a choice. He referenced right. that. Yeah, he did say that. So mm -hmm. Yeah, he did. He's very, he, the jealousy and the bitterness, he definitely doesn't want Millie and those kids, but the life that was sort of, <laughs> and those kids, <laughs> the murder son, the baby that doesn't know his mama. Everything was just made. Remember, people talked about it. Papa Pop talked about it. The everything was just laid out for Fitz, just laid out for him. But the same was for Olivia. 
everything was laid out for Olivia. If you look at it that way and you compare it that way, then they have the same life in essence because everything mm-hmm. was laid out for her by her dad and everything was laid out for Fitz by his dad. But but Jake isn't comparing the choices that were made in his life against Olivia. He's comparing it against Fitz. But because Olivia is the prize that he can take from Fitz. Fitz. Yeah. I mean that's, that's I mean that's my that's my thought process. Well, we're gonna get one last question in the Olitz kiss and her hesitation about kissing him. What was that about? And then we're going to abscond to the Scandal Podcast After Dark. So you all know mm. what to do. If you want to be a part of the Scandal Podcast After Dark, that uh, URL is dramaqueenbooks.com backslash support. Again, it is dramaqueenbooks backs, um, dramaqueenbooks.com backslash support to support our Patreon campaign and join us in the Scandal Podcast After Dark, where we are a little more raw and uncensored than we are on the podcast. With that so we need to let our hair down a little bit. I'll Lengthen say something. Hey, everybody. I'll hey. say... Hey, what's going on, you guys? It's been a rough day, but anyway, um, <laughs> maybe I'll talk about it in after. Maybe I'll talk about it in after dark. But in yeah. answer to that, in answer in answer to that question, um, I would say Fitz Fitz uh, answered that answered that question for us. Um, he said he said, "What is it? You you think you're you're being disloyal? Disloyal to him? Disloyal to me?" Yeah. Um, and I think that's exactly what it is. She's, you know, she's caught between the two. It's like that. It's like that old school song, "Torn Between Two Lovers," and you know, she doesn't know how to feel. And it's like, and she's in, in, in essence, she did kind of, you know, she did kind of play Fitz. She has been playing. Um, she has been playing Jake because what was it? It wasn't until like what episode four or five when she started calling him her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Actually, it you know, so. we are too old to be calling somebody some damn boyfriend. I'm I know, right? <laughs> so it's like, so it's like up and up until that point, you know, he was just your, you know, your piece, your booty, your booty call, your booty. basically, your yeah, your boot thing. And then all of a sudden, he goes missing, and then all of a sudden, you develop feelings for him. Yeah, it. it I, I think that there's. You know, there's that strength of what she has with Fitz, even though it, you know, it's wrong. But then, you know, she's she developed something with Jake while they were on the island. So it's like she's, you know, she's stuck, and, and he knew she that needs was to figure happen. that out. She needs to he knew that, that was going to happen. That's why he wanted right. to go with her because he wanted to develop something. Right. He wanted to get in between that love that she had for Fitz. Right. Right, and I think the but, more we watch it, go ahead, Link. I'll let you finish. I was just going to say, but you also note that that whole thing of it's okay if you don't choose me went right out the window when his innocence, mm-hmm. <laughs> when his innocence was proven. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, I'm 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 the shit now, so I'm back. So guess what? Right. You know, Langston, step aside, step aside, Fitz. Langston, I just I gotta say this, and this is the last what? time I'm gonna say it. You make a good. I'm point. not listening to you. La oh. la 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 <laughs> la. <laughs> la. I know exactly what he's gonna say, so okay, I'm go not, ahead, I'm say it. There. I'm just gonna say it like this. The, to your point, 
he gave his whole, it's, it's okay, Olivia, that you didn't choose me. You know, it's all right. Don't feel bad. He didn't mean that. Jake is not who he appears to be. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not buying none of his bull crap. None of it. He is not who he appears to be. As soon as they said innocent, you're right. Now he's up there talking about, I'm Captain Jake to you. <laughs> Yeah. And oh, and, and, and by and by the and, and by and by the way, we stand in the sun. Oh yeah, that's our catchphrase. Stand yeah, in the sun. Like, yeah. You know, that's our catchphrase. Did she happen to catch you up on what happened on the island? I'm like, you know what? Really? But it's okay. <laughs> but it's, it's okay that you choose him though. Yeah. Right. Here's the thing. It's right. Olivia like a damn, like a damn. Puppet, but he's playing her. But, but, but she's trying to tell her that, and she's not trying to hear it. Right, All but right. here's the thing: I think the more they play out the aspect of a live of Liv and Jake's relationship versus Liv and Fitz, I think you can really see she feels a loyalty to Jake, and right. she loves Fitz. And I, I think see. that's what that's what we're really seeing because yeah, last that's season, the difference. Really was, yeah, it, because last season, I think even as a fan, I would watch the show and I would be confused, and I'd be like, okay, you're trying, you you wrote you wrote this storyline with Liv and Jake, and it's like they're the couple. Liv and Fitz can't be together, and it's like, okay, but you gave me nothing to root for them. Like, you gave me no reason to root for Jake and Liv. And then this season, you can really see she almost, it's like she, you can, like uh, Jaha brought it up earlier about how she always pushes people to the line and pushes them over the cliff or over the edge, so to speak. And I think with Jake, you can see that internal battle that she has. Like, she feels responsible for him ending up where he's at because if she weren't Olivia, if she weren't Rowan's daughter, Jake would have never been caught up in this mess because regardless of how it started, he would have never been in a position to pursue her in any capacity. Does that make sense? So you could tell she's like, man, I got to figure out a way to get him out of this. Like, I got to figure out a way to help him. And you can see that when they're in scenes together because she's like, Jake wouldn't do this. He just wouldn't because it's like, she can't be wrong about she can't be wrong because it's like everyone's like Jake is a good guy and she's like well he has to be a good guy because he can't be like Fitz if that makes sense in, but this in her is mind. also about her because she doesn't want to mistrust her gut she doesn't want right. to keep doing that so this is also about her and, and the way well, she feels about trusting herself yeah mm -hmm. but, but we talked about this before how a woman has to go through the process of you know, when she mistrusts herself, she'll rebuild that confidence in herself so that right. she no longer feels like she can't trust herself anymore. Because that's the hardest yeah. thing for a woman to recover from. So right. when Because right, right now, right now, as it stands, she has what Jaha calls the bubble gut. Because well, it ain't cooperating. It ain't, it ain't cooperating at all. No, but also, I another also, point is, this hasn't presented her with anything differently. If you know, it's like no, he hasn't. He's still married to Melly. He's still he's still talking about how he's got to take care of Melly. If you remember that scene they had, he was like, "I've got to be there for her." She, we just lost Jerry. Blah 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 blah. But so Liv told me to do that though. Right. So, but that's what I'm seeing. But it's like she's still waiting for Fitz to step up and 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 make what he said a reality about how this could be us. Well, when you say living, making jail. Making babies, and she's—it's like she's waiting for him to show her that that can be their reality. He's he's really, he's but when you say that, that's the same thing that Abby has been waiting for David to do. Ex yes, exactly. So, show me how it can be different. Yes, she has. Yes, she has. Been. Hasn't, 
Fitz isn't bring anything different to the table than what he brought in season one and what he brought in season two. He is bringing himself, no, no, his no, crazy no. wife, and all that drama right to her doorstep, saying we could be together. It should be you and me. And she like, you is fucking crazy. She's like, what is what is gonna be different this time? So of course she's Nothing. gonna choose Jake. No, no she's deal. gonna choose Jake. You know what? You know what? You know what I love? You know what I love about this? Shane can't say a word. <laughs> <laughs> the reason she's choosing Jake is because she wants some normalcy. She wants yes. some, some no, she, consistency. Yes, she yes, does. And she, she wants has normalcy. An for all the love that she has for Fitz, she cannot get that with Fitz because he yes. of the United States. Exactly. Okay, but okay. To Shay's point, to Shay's point, to Shay's point, I'll say this. I'll say this. Remember, remember last season when she she basically told him, "What do you want from me today? What is my job today?" You know, and she and uh -huh. basically she she was basically saying, "I every day I'm looking at a man who who's promising me this, who promises me that, but it never materializes, and I keep uh -huh. seeing that dream." Flowing away in the distance. Yeah. So it's like, I I, I, I feel what you're saying. I feel what you're thinking, Shane, because you haven't said a shit. But um. Thanks for being. No, here. I'm, 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 I'm talking about. I'm talking about in this moment. He hasn't been able to get look, his thought out. Shane, Shane, look at this. He's gonna come late and call you out. He's gonna come late and call you out. <laughs> No, listen, we're gonna focus right here. No, 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 no. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this because I can never get him to shut up. Olivia Fitz necessarily fan, but I will say this about Fitz. Every single time he has said to to Olivia, I want you. I will give this up for you. He went to her house and sat there while his wife was talking about the affair, and he did that for her. He was ready to give it all away, and then okay. Olivia goes back and says, now, now and then he outed her. And all then right, he turned so, around and outed her, Shane. Come on. All right, so look, 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 we have to wrap this up, Shane. We're not loyal. Shane, Shane, <laughs> Shane. Oh, oh, but you know what? But he outed her. He no. out okay, in okay. hopes that it would it would put them. All right, I'm muted both for them because they don't oh. listen to me. <laughs> now, so since y'all want to talk over me and LDA because we have feminine voices and you can't hear us when we talk at the same time, I am saying that this I is can not hear you. And wrapping this up, y'all can hear me, but y'all just I can't. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I unmuted myself. I unmuted myself. Yeah. I'll unmute myself. You see how these toggle buttons work? Now, let's go. <laughs> We're going into the scandal podcast after dark. So, y'all can get that rant on scandal podcast after dark, but I did want to wrap up with a couple more, um, well, a question. Y'all can unmute yourselves. I'm sorry. Um, I did want to wrap up with the last five minutes of the show so we could at least get that in um, with the, the, the regular podcast so that they can get our reactions to the last five minutes of the show. We only have three minutes to wrap up our thoughts. Look at the clock. It is 940. You have three entire minutes. One, two, three. Not all y'all. Between all of you. 
what your thoughts are for the last five minutes of the episode. Am I unmuted? I was scared. Papa Pope's scared. Yeah, you're unmuted. I'm going to go yeah, first I'm, and you guys I'm, go. My, yeah. The last five minutes of the episode. I was scared. Papa Pope scared the, scared the bejeezies out of me. I just want to say, I was like, oh my gosh, Liv, what the fuck have you done? You really messed up. Um, what was the other last five minutes of the show? Was that the last five minutes? It was just a little of a Papa Pope scene, right? Was, when he yeah. saw the yeah. I think that, yeah. that was pretty much it. So, uh, oh, the Huck scene. Can we talk about that? That was really creepy, by the way. I just well, want—I just want to say that. That was—I was like after dark. Yeah, yeah. Don't I, try was, to I was like, oh, is <laughs> <laughs> last five minutes, okay. Aldea. Last five I'm minutes. You, Go ahead. you only have a minute and a half left. <laughs> oh, Langston still muted. Let me unmute Langston. Oh, how you going? Okay, am I open now? Am I unmuted now? Two minutes. So anyway, uh, the last five minutes. Last five minutes, um, I just, you know, it was like I, I had this feeling that something wasn't quite right in the way that he was being so amenable and just sitting there having this cordial conversation. But as soon as he set, set his knife down, pushed his plate back, I was like, okay, this is about to go sideways <laughs> real quick, real quick. He ain't even cut that steak. But, you know, right, right. And then, and you know, and then. You're, so you're already, you know, you're already seeing Liv starting to get the quiver face, and it's like, okay, and then they're showing you as the people are moving in place. Now, my personal theory, of course, is the fact that, you know, he didn't necessarily have, you know, other men in place. I think those people were killed by friendly fire, by people who were already a part of their group. Mm-hmm. Um, so, basically, he had, I mean... I just don't know how to figure out, okay, if he could have Tom, if he could have Tom in the White House as a B613 agent, don't you think that he has them elsewhere too? So it's like everything that they should have thought they should have thought out or should have listened to Jake on, they didn't listen oh. to Jake and that's how it all fell apart. We got that's how it all fell apart. So ultimately ultimately I was just blown away by just the way he just all the precision and then him just in, uh, ultimately just walking out and leaving her sitting there with her mouth hanging open. Like a that boss. Yeah. All right, Shane, you, got, you got 30 seconds. I would just say that I think in that one brief moment, mm-hmm. Olivia was afraid genuinely because when he told her, because of you, all of those men out there who are set to kill me are now dead, I think she realized in that moment just how much of a mistake she had made in the way that that whole thing was coordinated because Jake did tell her, if you set this up like this, people are going to... Did he drop out for y'all too? Shane, you dropped out. You said just... Oh, go ahead. Say that again. After dark. No, say that again. You said just how much of a mistake that she had made. Go ahead. Just Just how much of a mistake she had made, one, in that whole setup, but two, I think for a moment, she might have realized that maybe, just maybe, teaming up with the two of them might have been a mistake. But, you know, we'll see. All right. I'm definitely so, teaming up with Jake, so. Teaming up so, with Jake is not good. It don't mm. work out for nobody. So, okay. Coffee <laughs> did ask Andrew and Lizzie Bear, has Andrew turned to the dark side or is he on an unknown mission? She kind of speaks to somebody else saying that Andrew is about as a B613 agent. We can answer that in the after dark. Um, um, we can answer. I don't think I don't think he's a. Does he listen? I don't to think me? he's B613, he but yeah. I heard you, but I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying I'm I'm just saying I don't but think he's B613, and 
Yes, we can do it. Yes, we can go to After Dark. All right, Let's so, go. Um, most of these will be read in After Dark. Thank you all for tuning into the um, Scandal Night, the Scandal Night, the Scandal Podcast. I'm Jaha Knight. See how I mix all of that up. And these are my gladiators, my fellow co-hosts. Go ahead and tell them who you are again, so we can go ahead and tell them goodbye. Hi, my name is Eldia Harris, and you can find Just me at. Hi. Hi. Bye. Hi, my name is Eldia Harris. You can find me on Twitter at Janet I'm Eldia Harris. I have to reword your sentence, and then at the end you say bye. Like, and I would like to know why why Langston is in sepia tone in real life. Like, how does that happen? Actually, actually, I'm not in sepia. I'm not in sepia tone. See, this is my natural color here, but it's the uh, no, no, it's the the curtains are all like this sepia color and stuff, so it makes it look like everything else is in sepia. And you are golden up in there, like a little bronze man. I'm like, what? All right, Shane, give them your prize. That's my natural skin tone. Hello, fellow gladiators. This is Shane B. You can find me on Twitter at Shane B two zero. 774 and you can find me on Facebook at uh, D'Angelo S. Brown and just holla at you. Love you all. I'm the man you love to hate. I'm here. I am convinced <laughs> that at this point that I need to reword people's sentences because why are we telling people hello at the end of the podcast and on top of it, you just might as well throw out your social security number too, Shane, because you just get it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all for joining okay. us. Hey, I didn't get to introduce myself. I you did. No, I didn't. You were talking about my sepia tone. Oh, I'm sorry. But anyway, I'm Langston Smith. You can find me at Langston Smith at Langston Smith on Twitter. And um, have a good night. We're, we'll see you in After Dark. Yeah. Come to After Dark. Come to After Dark. Yeah. Okay. Shut up. See, didn't I tell you all that that was incredibly crazy? I am really excited for next week, which is the winter finale. We will be recording on Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be there, gladiators. You can tweet us at Scandal Podcast or you can join the Hangout and watch us live while we are talking. And you can, con well, I guess you can, you know, chime in there. So I look forward to seeing you there. We are going to have an epic time as usual. So you want to be a part of it so that we can get your opinions on this winter finale and everything but we have two episodes of the scandal fan podcast left do not forget that that is going to be the finale next week and right after we're going to have scandal trivia it may be a few episodes where we're just throwing out the trivia questions but you have to join the mailing list to be able to get access to that first so i would love it if you would join us over at dramaqueenbooks.com and you can click on the show notes for today and join the mailing list for this podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, stay sophisticated gladiators.